Five Stones Church thanks you for listening to this message from Pastor Ryan Smith. For more information, events, and the latest news, consider connecting with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Together, we can awaken a generation. You have to recognize. How many know a big part of your victory is recognizing your adversary? If you don't recognize him, how are you going to be victorious? The Bible says that in Luke chapter 4, that when Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness, it's there that he is tempted of the devil. How many of you don't recognize him, you will be open to his tactics, his strategies. How many know you got to know your enemy? Y'all lock your doors? You got the hiccups? What a blessing. That means he's alive. Don't you ever forget it. Don't mess with me. If you're a guest, that, that may not mean anything to you. You might think that's an interruption, but that's not an interruption. That means he's alive. That's cute, though. You'll probably mess here in a minute. I have a tendency to draw that out of him. How many is determined you have an enemy? How do you know? How do you know you have an enemy? Attacks, trials, tribulation, anybody been tempted? How do you know you were tempted? How do you know? Well, Pastor, this, this, this overwhelming thought to do something that's contrary to, to my biblical standards came upon me. Oh, so you had temptation. You had troubles. You had trials. You had difficulties. You felt a little discouraged. See, a lot of times we, we have the tendency to not identify our enemy because we say, well, it's just life. Life happens. Difficulties happen. Not everything is an adversary. Okay? I'm just going to be honest with you. Sometimes you just have a flat tire. And it wasn't a devil with a pitchfork that put a hole in it. You just ran over something. Yeah, but the devil put it there. No, it fell off that truck in front of you, and you saw it fall off, and you couldn't get out of the way. Sometimes your battery gives up. You out there rebuking the devil, but you had that battery for 15 years. Devil, leave me. And that battery's so old, you lucky you got a year out of it since it started acting up. But, but you've had it forever. There's going to be some resistance, but not every resistance is adversarial. Some resistance is just life. Some resistance is you dealing with you. And so I've got to help you in the time that I have tonight. I don't have a lot because we're going to spend most of it in prayer. But I want to help you as it relates to recognizing because that's a big part of victory. Because if you don't know the patterns, the strategies, or the tactics of what is coming against you, you'll misread it. And so you have to be aware. The Bible teaches me to be aware and to be sober. I get that. But see, a lot of times I'm not aware of the strategies because I don't know my own blind spots. Because see, all of us have blind spots. 
All of us have areas of vulnerability. All of us have places that we are susceptible to a demonic attack. Now, here's what you need, you need to understand is the, the, the word devil in Greek is translated an opposer. It means he's going to bring opposition. Here's, here's how you can determine if you're dealing with an adversary, a principality, a power, a spiritual wickedness, a demonic spirit. If it's bringing opposition to your advancement, I just taught you something. Because your adversary, the word devil, comes from a Greek word that means oppose. So if, the, if there's anything in your life that's opposing your advancement, if it's opposing your development, if it's opposing or trying to divide divisively of a relationship, it's adversarial. Am I talking yet? Because, see, we don't always understand and we have a tendency to lump everything into spiritual warfare. Not everything's spiritual warfare. So what I want to help you with tonight is understanding that when you're trying to expand or grow or advance, you will have an adversarial spirit assigned to you. Why? Because your adversary's greatest concern is your development, your knowledge. You expanding in faith is fearful to your adversary. That's why he doesn't want you in church. That's why it's easier to work late and stay home and sleep on the couch or whatever instead of being in the house of God. Because you say, well, I got to work. I get that. I'm not trying to assault that. I'm just saying that when you're not in a house, growing in the, the, the foundations and the principles of kingdom living, then you have nothing to fight with. So I would believe your adversary would want to fight you from receiving Something that would empower you. Why would your enemy want you to get biblical counseling? Why would your enemy want you to be rooted and grounded in the virtues and the values and the standards of kingdom life? He wouldn't, would he? He would oppose you because if he can keep you from knowledge, he can keep you in ignorance. And ignorance is what destroys you because you don't know your covenant. You don't know your rights. You don't know the battle tactics of how to be victorious against your adversary. So to recognize it is critical, isn't it? Now, here's my thought. Underneath that word recognize or wherever you can find a place, I want you to write this down because this is interesting to me. If I don't recognize him, I won't realize what authority he has. Because, see, a lot of times we don't have a tendency to believe that our adversary has authority. But he does. I want to show you something. You may have never noticed it. Maybe you have, and maybe I'm the one that's slow. But in Luke chapter 4, the Bible says that the, the devil, Satan, took Jesus up to a place where he said, I'm going to give you the kingdom. The nations. He said, I'm going to give it to you because Satan said, it's been mine to give. Y'all, are, are, are you here? I'm just reading Bible because that's what it says. It says, the devil took him. He said, all authority I will give you. It's been delivered to me. He says, all these kingdoms of the world, I can give them to you. 
Do you notice Jesus didn't argue? He didn't argue on the fact that Satan is the God of this world. He didn't argue that point. Why? Because Satan had been given what? Authority over the earth. So he had the authority to give Jesus what? Does that make, are you here? Is that, because here's my thought. I don't think we really respect the fact that he has the authority to release something. But yet we see people selling out their soul for the popularity of the culture. And we don't understand how they became so popular because Lord knows they can't sing. Right? You know they can't sing. How'd they get so popular? How'd they become so influential? Because Satan has the authority to give them an inheritance of, of influence because Satan is in control. Okay, y'all, y'all, y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. 1 John 5, 19, we are the sons of God, but the world lies in the power of the evil one. We are the sons of God, but the world that we live in lies in the power of the evil one. What does that mean? He has the authority if he offered it to Jesus. What do you think he's going to offer you? He's going to offer you a shortcut to success. Oh, have mercy right here. He will offer you the same shortcut he offered Jesus. He knew Jesus was here to have dominion and authority and have the kingdoms of the world. He knew he was the king. Isn't it interesting that Satan offers him a kingdom? (laughs) I read that today and I went, I don't think the church realizes. The authority of the enemy is he can give these kind of things because they are in his control. So what are you going to be tempted with? If he can offer you kingdoms and popularity and success on the standards of culture, what do you think you're going to be tempted with? So if you're being tempted to take a shortcut to get ahead, if you're being tempted an opportunity to have something that you otherwise would not have without God's provision, then you have to understand your enemies at work trying to get you to compromise your values. What did Jesus have to deal with? He had to deal with the authority of Satan, and Jesus never questioned Satan's authority to give him kingdoms. That's teaching right there. Huh? That's teaching right there. Because we don't see it. Jesus, if, if Satan didn't have it to give, Jesus goes, you don't have the right to give it to me. But he knew he had the authority to give it to him. He could have given him the, the kingdoms of the world, the popularity of the world, and Jesus could have sold out his mission statement. Now, I'm going to say something to you, and you're going to get offended, but I'm going to say it. How many times do we sell out our mission statement because we want to be popular, we want to be liked, and we want some money in our account? How many times 
And we want the shortcut because we don't want to wait for his provision. Do you understand Satan tempts Jesus in a shortcut because what God was going to give Jesus was everything Satan was trying to offer in another level. And if you'll do it to Jesus, would he not do it to you? Am I right? Third thing you need to understand about this is this entire conflict was, was about spirit, but yet it was being played out with physical attachments. Think about what I'm saying. This is all playing out in a spiritual conflict, but it always has some kind of reality to it. It, it has a, a picture of something that you can see, feel, and touch always has gain for you. You see what I'm saying? Satan doesn't tempt you with something that doesn't give you gain. I'm just trying to help you understand what warfare you're in. You say, well, I don't think I'm under warfare. I don't think I'm under attack. Is the enemy trying to get you to get gain or have gain? You know how many times I have had the, the temptation in my life to sell out preaching this gospel? Because I could water this down and put some people in pews. We stopped being Holy Ghost led and stopped being so overtly Pentecostal and stopped laying hands on people and they falling on floors and getting delivered and set free and all that. We could do that. We could probably pull these curtains down. We could run you in and out of here and Sunday mornings in about 65 minutes, give you a splash and go. Not being critical of people that do it, that's their business. I'm going to tell you for me. That's not what I was called to. That's not what I was commissioned under. That was not the mandate of my life. The mandate of my life is to, wait, to raise up a warring generation of men and women who knew, know how to fight the right kind of fight. I'm talking about people that say we don't lose. They understand it's a spiritual warfare. They understand it. Understand it's a conflict going on in the heavenlies, and just because it's going on, I don't need the gratification of now to make me feel better about my warfare. Most of the time, your adversary wants you to feel good about you, and the closer you feel good about you, probably the more distant you are from God. Is this okay? I'm gonna probably get in trouble here. So what, Pastor, the Bible says be vigilant and sober and aware. Exactly. Know you. Know your adversary. Understand and recognize his tactic in your life. And don't walk around like you're immune from trouble. Because trouble through the adversarial spirits of, of the spirit of the Antichrist will find you. Because he's going to stop any kind of advancement in your life. Number two, you have to refuse. You have to recognize, number two, the third R, is you have to refuse. Refuse what? Well, you have to refuse the temptations to accept what he's offering. The Bible teaches us to reject, to refuse, to resist, right? We all quote it, right? Submit to God. Resist the devil. Oh, so y'all know that, right? You all quoted that. How well is that working for you? 
I'm being honest. How well is that working for you? You say, well, Pastor, I'm resisting the devil and telling him to flee. But you find yourself in what? Consistent warfare. Maybe that's because you're accepting defeat. Because there has to be something on the inside of you that says when I tell you to go, you go. Awful quiet in here. Maybe, maybe, maybe we ought to go pray now. I got more amens in Vanguard last night. So what are you talking about? If I'm passive in my resistance to my warfare, I don't win. Passivity never moves adversities, never moves demonic spirits. Well, maybe if I just go to sleep, Pastor, and wake up in the morning, it'll leave me alone. To resist is far more combative and aggressive than before. If he comes at me and I resist him, how many know it can't be a... Anybody ever wrestle? Anybody ever wrestle? I got one wrestler in the building, two. I'm not talking about with your siblings. I'm talking about like wrestle, wrestle. You wrestle, wrestle. Wrestling, yeah. We in the South. Wrestling. When Matt, when Matt Bradley was wrestling, how y'all say it, I went to a couple of his matches. I'm going to tell you something. You, you, you better not get in that ring and be passive. Or you're going to get body slammed and pinned quick, fast, and in a hurry. And it amazed me because I would watch, and they'd be over there waiting for their match, and they weren't sitting down. They were over there getting. I'm like, that's interesting. They, they're not even in the fight yet. Not physically. They weren't even in the ring yet physically. But in here, Matt, Matt Bradley was over there. <laughs> you don't even have an opponent. Logan, you remember when we went to the, what was it, the WWE or whatever we went to? Smack down, slap down, whatever that was. Remember that? Huh? Anybody, anybody ever been there? Oh, I got some people who've been with me. All right. Well, we got tickets to go, and we were right down close to where they came out. Now, you say, well, it was all fake. You don't throw me off around one of them guys. Huh? Be fake all you want. That looked like that hurt to me. But it was amazing to me how they'd come out and they'd psych themselves up. You know what I'm talking about? And they had all this goofy stuff that they did. It looked silly. 
A lot of what we do in pre-battle looks silly. Some of your worship looks silly, but it's pre-battle. Some of your dance is pre-battle and it looks silly, but what they don't understand is I know that I'm about to get into a ring. I don't know if it's tomorrow. I don't know if it's going to be Friday. I don't know if it's going to be Saturday. But I better get my fighting face on because resistance doesn't start when you're in the conflict. It starts before you get to the conflict. You got to get ready to fight before you get in the ring. You got to make up your mind, I'm about to whoop me an adversary. I didn't come here to lose today, didn't come here to lose this week, did not come to lose this month. I come to win and I'm ready for war. You can't wait till the enemy attacks and then fight. We've got to stop being so reactive and become more offensive. See, them guys come out of that room, man, it was crazy. Because they had like, I don't know what they put in their hair. If I had hair, it would be cool because I have it. I choose to not let it grow. I am not in denial. It grows. I'm about to fight. I don't care if you range or not. I'm about to bring me some now. Feel that. Feel that right there. It's on there. It feels like sandpaper at the moment. It'll grow. Some of you look at pictures and go, Pastor, you used to have hair. Yeah, until I've been pastoring this church for the last seven and a half years. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Y'all, see why I don't get nothing done? At least y'all woke up. But they'd come out, man, and they were You know what I'm talking about? I mean, like, dude, you hadn't even got in the ring yet. You're like, I'm like, man. They spoke something to me. Because the church is so passive that we're so afraid to get into any kind of conflict or, or, or any kind of attack from our, it's like, oh, no, I don't want to stir him up. Maybe, maybe, maybe he won't see me go to church tonight and he'll leave me alone. Right? It's like, I'll just sneak into church and I won't, maybe the devil won't know I came and he won't mess with me tonight and maybe he won't mess with me tomorrow. I just, I just kind of lay low. Why should we have that mindset? Why should we have that kind of posture? We ought to come in here and go, I'm here and I'm being equipped for battle. I'm ready to whoop me an adversary. For greater is he who's in me than he who's of this world. So I'm ready. You can't resist what you're afraid of. I just said something. You can't resist what you're afraid of. So, well, I just don't want to stir him up. He's already stirred up. He became stirred up when you changed teams. 
He became stirred up when you became a part of an advancing church. He got stirred up when you walked through these doors because we are not the kind of people who are passive. We are the warriors who are here commissioned by the mandated will of God to confront darkness with light. Man, I'm just settling. That's your problem. Just settle in and accept it. Walk around with your victimization card so you can show it to everybody. Look how I've been treated. Look how I've been lied on. Look how I've been criticized. Look at my life. Look, look, look. I don't mean to offend you, but everybody in this room has got a story. I don't know why you think your story is more important than somebody else's story and your victimization is worse than anybody and you've been treated worse than anybody. Would you get you some battle galia about you? Would you get you a backbone about you and say, yeah, I had a bad season. Yeah, my mama didn't do me right. Yeah, my daddy was a liar. Yeah, that man walked out on me. Yeah, that woman wasn't good for me. But I came up out of the ash heap of my hell and I'm standing here glorifying my God. It didn't kill me. It didn't destroy me. It didn't take me out. It didn't even get close because greater is my God. Quit acting like you died. Quit acting like they buried you. Quit acting like you got a toe tag. Rise up under the power of God and prophesy your victory. I just amen myself. Well, Pastor, you don't know how bad he treated me. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want us to do? Celebrate around your tombstone? Or prophesy to your bones to get up and fight? You've been to every other church, and every other church celebrated your defeat and celebrated your brokenness and celebrated your pain, but not here. We come to tell you something. You can resist that. You can reject that. You can overcome that, and you are not defined by where you've been. You're not defined by who held you. You are loosed and free. You are not who you used to be. Get me a whole line of folk just start lining you up. Cast that mess off of you. I did not come here tonight trying to win. I did not come here trying to figure out how to win. I came here because I am a winner. You got problems? Yeah, I just rebuke them. You got situations with demonic spirits? Yeah, I reject them and resist them. Because you have been granted the authority to tell them to go. If Jesus could do it and he has empowered you to do it, you can tell them to go. Now, you may have to raise your voice. You may have to point your finger. You may have to plant your feet in it and say, I'm not moving. Now, get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my body. Get out of my family. Get out of my finance. Get out of my church. Ah. Well, I'm just not that assertive. Then let him clean you out. Then you'll be in my office wanting counseling. 
You can't counsel passivity. You can't counsel lukewarmness. You can't counsel a victimized spiritual person who says, well, woe is me. You might as well just go ahead and know. I'll just tell you, have a nice day. Because if you don't want to be free, you'll live bound. Your choice. It's true. Either I choose to live like an overcomer or I choose to live like I don't have an option. I've got options. My mercy, God. (laughs) No wonder there's so much of a compromising spirit in the church. We don't tell you you can win. We don't even treat you like you're winners. We treat you like, well, bless your heart. Tell them, Marsha, every time somebody says, well, bless your heart, I said, heart's not the problem. (laughs) Well, it might be in some cases, but most of the time they just don't want to do it. You get more attention when you're broke down. You get more people to call you when you broke down. Your friends will show up because that misery loves that kind of company. And I irritate you because I don't like you laying down and playing dead. I don't like you living like the enemy wins. I, see, I make you mad just because I just tell you, you ought not live like that. You ought to lift your head and say, my God, you brought me out of this thing. You brought me out of a dark place. You brought me out. I'm not about to go back there. I'm not going to go run with that no more. I'm not going to fellowship with that. Thank you for bringing me out. Well, 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 we're about to pray. Some of you are thinking, I wish we would. <laughs> Thank you. I miss Al. He, he, Al ain't here. I don't get a lot of loving. Al over there go, come on, boy, plow a little while. Mama sits on the front row. She says, keep on preaching. Ain't like I'm preaching new stuff. Been preaching this my whole life. I'm just waiting for somebody to get a hold of it. Just waiting for the right generation to grab a hold of it. This generation over here, if they don't get a hold of this, they'll live like drug addicts. They'll live like alcoholics. They'll live outside a covenant. They'll live as as an individual less than what God designed because the enemy says to them they're shortcuts. And you don't got to get ready for war. No, you don't got to. No, just it'll be all right. It'll be all right. It ain't all right if the enemy's stealing from you. It's not all right if you don't have joy. It's not all right if you don't have peace. It's not all right if you're struggling in life. That's not all right to me. Somebody better tell me how to resist. Resisting is you prepare yourself before you ever get in it. All right, I said I was going to pray at 8 o'clock. How do you win? How do you win? You can't win if you never recognize what you're warring against. You better know your opponent. If you've got physical infirmity in your body, that's an opponent. If your bank account is always empty, there's one of two problems. Either you're lazy or there's a thief in your account. (laughs) Did I say something? It's true. If your finances are plummeting and destroyed, you ain't got no money in your account, there's one of two things going on. You are lazy, you don't work, or there's a thief. Because there's only one of two things that's going to take anything away from you. Your inability to produce it or an adversary taking it. 
amazing to me how many people come to me and say, Pastor, my finances are in trouble. Why are your finances in trouble? I don't know. It just seems like every time I turn around, I get fired. Or every time I turn around, I just lose my job. Or every time I run. Well, there's one of two things going on. Either there's a devil loose or you're not worthy to be, be hireable. What other options are there? Okay, I, I, see, now y'all don't even want to pray now. It is true. The Bible says a lazy man don't deserve to eat. But yet you're going to come to me and want me to pay your bills because you won't work. This ain't welfare, this is kingdom. Welfare rewards lazy. Kingdom says get a job. <laughs> see, not done got sassy and, my, and mean, Mike. But we don't say it. We'll hand you out food all day long. We don't do it much here because we teach our people how to live, how to have a job, take some pride in it, work with excellence, and let God bless you. That's how we work here. That's how we got to where we are. We didn't get here because we had a handout spirit. We didn't get to where God has blessed us to this point because we walked around and go, give it, give it, give it, give it. We learned how to sow. We learned how to sow and reap and expect a harvest. I didn't get nowhere tonight. I did, but I didn't get anywhere close to where I needed to be. I hope tonight that you break some of that self-sufficiency you have and, and God gets a hold of you and you say, you know what? I better start recognizing the war I'm in and I better get myself ready to resist it before I get in it. I'll give you the third R next week. Just come back. Now, y'all all right? Do I need to go start the truck, James, and sneak out while y'all praying? Am I all right? I used to tell Marsha every once in a while, go, go crank the truck. I said, I'm going to get him to pray, and then I'm running out. I don't want you to lose. I don't want you to lose today. I don't want you to lose tomorrow. I don't want you to lose the week. You don't lose the day, and you don't lose the week. You have an opportunity to win the month. You win month after month, you can win a year. And you can recover what you've lost. You can't recover what you lost by giving God your sympathy. Lord, come on, be merciful, Lord. Please give it back to me, Lord. Lord says, if you want it back, get it back. But you better learn how to recognize and resist. Because if you don't learn to recognize what took it, the Lord's not obligated to give you what you won't protect. I just said something right there. God's not obligated to continue to put something in you that you're not going to be willing to protect. Because why would he want to put something that's got a hole in the back? You hear me? I believe God wants to release tremendous provision in our life. But he can't release tremendous provision because we're not recognizing our enemies and we're not resisting them. And God says, I can't release the best because you will never be able to, to manage it or steward it. Because your adversary is always going to come against your advancement. Always going to come against your blessing. Why? Because the blessing in your life is what God releases in you to make him famous, not you. God doesn't release favor in your life to make you famous. He releases favor in your life so you are able to illustrate that he is famous. Blessings in your life are not about you. They're so that you can demonstrate how good he is. They're never for your own consumption. 
They're only to help you win the world. Five Stones Church thanks you for listening to this message from Pastor Ryan Smith. For more information, events, and the latest news, consider connecting with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Together, we can awaken a generation.